Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When the captain and the court officers had brought the apostles in and made them stand before the Sanhedrin, the high priest questioned them. We gave you strict orders, did we not, to stop teaching in that name? Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and want to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles said in reply, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus, though you had him killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand, as leader and savior, to grant Israel repentance and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses of these things, as is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. The Sanhedrin ordered the apostles to stop speaking in the name of Jesus and dismissed them. So they left the presence of the Sanhedrin, rejoicing, that they had been found worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. I will extol you, O Lord, for you drew me clear and did not let my enemies rejoice over me. O Lord, you brought me up from the netherworld. You preserved me among, from among those going down into the pit. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. Sing praise to the Lord, you his faithful ones. Give thanks to his holy name, for his anger lasts but a moment, a lifetime his goodwill. At nightfall weeping enters in, but with the dawn rejoicing. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. Hear, O Lord, and have pity on me. O Lord, be my helper. You changed my mourning into dancing. O Lord, my God, forever will I give you thanks. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. A reading from the book of Revelation. I, John, looked and heard the voices of many angels who surrounded the throne, and the living creatures and the elders. They were countless in number, and they cried out in a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, to receive power and riches, wisdom and strength, honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, everything in the universe cry out, to the one who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor, glory and might, forever and ever. The four living creatures answered, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Alleluia. 
Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Christ is risen, creator of all. He has shown pity on all people. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore, full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. Then he said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus had said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, 
follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We have, brothers and sisters, as we continue to celebrate the greatest event of human history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, two very starkly contrasting episodes in the first and the second readings about Jesus before and, and his followers before a council. The Sanhedrin, we read about them in the Passion narratives. We know Jesus was brought before the Sanhedrin and they convened to figure out what to do about him and and here we see them convening and bringing in the apostles. They were the supreme council. They were like the supreme court of Jewish authority. Ultimate cases were decided before them. And it takes its roots going actually way back to the beginning of the Bible where you see God instructing Moses, for example, to set up a council of elders and then we see as time went on the judges and these various groups that helped to govern the people. The Sanhedrin, of course, condemned Jesus, and here they condemn the apostles. They refused to believe. In fact, they said Jesus was guilty of blasphemy for claiming to be equal to God. He did claim to be equal to God. That's why, by the way, don't let people get away with saying, oh, well, I don't believe that Jesus is God. I, I just believe he was a good man. How can he be a good man if he was claiming to be God when he wasn't? Either he was God indeed, or he was not a good man. But the point is, he was indeed God. And the Sanhedrin said that he was committing blasphemy as a result. Now they are saying to the apostles, don't even talk about him. They wanted to cancel. This is the cancel culture. Jesus was canceled, and they tried to cancel the apostles. They tried to shut them up. Just like today, those on the left try to shut up those who are speaking truth. They deny the very concept of truth, and they certainly don't want us talking about it, whether it's about the truth about God, the truth about life and the value of life, the truth about morality. It's the cancel culture. And this was the cancel culture in action being facilitated by the Sanhedrin. And then we see another council of elders, living creatures, angels, countless angels, and indeed the redeemed of the Lord together with the whole universe in this book of Revelation, John has this vision of the world to come, and they are worshiping Christ as equal to God. They are saying exactly the opposite of what the Sanhedrin said. This council of elders is bowing down, falling down before the throne, and saying, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, wisdom and strength, honor and glory and blessing. You've heard that seven is a number of perfection in the Bible. Notice there are seven acclamations here. Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessing. 
Every creature is saying this. There is no dissent. And they are saying it furthermore, John says, in a loud voice. They're not mumbling it. They're not whispering it. They're not saying it with some kind of lackluster, listless spirit. No, they are on fire. They are shouting in a loud voice, Worthy, worthy is the Lamb. He is indeed on the throne. To Him is the power, Scripture says, the power of God Himself. There are three choruses. The redeemed are praising Him because His blood redeemed them from sin and death and hell. Then there are the angels, which again, the book says, were, could not be numbered. Now, they were not redeemed because they, 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 the angels are different from human beings. Some of them rebelled and became demons, but the rest, they are, they are there in, in eternity praising God. And then all of creation. Easter is a cosmic feast. The resurrection of Christ reconciling redeemers, uh, reconciling rather the, the redeemed, alters the whole universe and initiates, as Peter says, for example, to us in the New Testament, new heavens and a new earth. A new humanity is formed on Easter morning, human beings now sharing in the risen life of Christ and the nature of God himself. And this leads as all creation groans in childbirth pain to bring forth this new heavens and new earth where the whole universe will be transformed. This will be fulfilled at the second coming of Christ. But it's physical as well as spiritual. And that's why you have here in this book of Revelation this marvelous reading. It says, Every creature in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, in the sea, Everything in the universe, the verse says, was crying out, blessing and honor and glory and might to the Lamb forever and ever. The mountains don't have a voice. They don't have a mind. But by their very existence, they cry out the power and majesty of God. The waterfalls, the depths of the ocean, the seas and rivers, the birds of the air, the wild creatures. We read it in the Psalms. We read it in other parts of Scripture. Mountains and hills, bless the Lord. You seas and rivers, bless the Lord. All you birds and wild creatures, bless the Lord. It's not that they know it consciously like we do, but they do it anyway by their very existence. By their beauty, they proclaim the beauty of God. The stars, the heavens, the galaxies, by their power, by their awesome vastness, they proclaim the awesome vastness of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. Psalm 19 tells us the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day pours out the word today. Night unto night imparts knowledge. Paul writes to the Romans the reality and characteristics of God can be known by what he has created. And so when Christ rises from the dead, when he brings about the fulfillment of the, the law, the prophets, the Psalms, when he reconciles, us to the Father. When He does that act of infinite love that reveals who the Father is and who we are, all creation has a response. 
when he tramples down the power of sin, all creation must respond. Why? Because sin has damaged all creation. And now he has taken that damage away. Of course, all creation responds. So the council of the Sanhedrin condemned Jesus and his followers. The council of the elders praises him as God. The Sanhedrin condemned him because he claimed to be God. The heavenly council praises him because he is God. And we see here a reference to the elders. There are 24 elders. And this can be understood, brothers and sisters, as the Old and the New Testament combined, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 patriarchs there in the Old Testament, descendants of Abraham, and then the 12 apostles, 24 in all. Remember, John also says the heavenly Jerusalem has the names on the, the foundation stones of the city of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. All is fulfilled, in other words. And it's fulfilled in a way that is eternal. So the question then becomes, what about us? The response of these councils creates a challenge to us. What will we do during the course of this earthly life if we, the people of today, are a council given the question, who is this Jesus? Do we reject him as someone with outlandish teachings that cannot be believed? Or do we fall down and worship before him and say, worthy is the lamb that was slain? This is the challenge the church gives to the whole world. Because the different responses of these two councils is continuing, brothers and sisters. Those who are continuing to reject the gospel of life and the gospel of truth and those who are gathering around the throne to worship him. The time of decision, the day of salvation is here as we celebrate Easter, as we witness through the resurrection, as we sing, worthy is the Lamb, let us call all of our brothers and sisters in the world to do exactly the same. Not to line up with those who out of ignorance and wickedness rejected him. Not to follow those who when the light comes into the world, they run away from it and they reject it. In fact, they try to snuff it out and cancel it. No, we will stand with the living creatures, the elders, the angels, and all creation. And we will cry out that power belongs to him who was slain and who now lives forever and ever. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.